when you see something that you really want in life, when you see something what you really want in business, and I'm not sure how this applies to marriage. I'll let you figure that part out, Claire. But when you see something what you want, man, don't fuck around, man. Go all in. Welcome to the Marriage Family Business Podcast. My name's Mick. And my name's Claire. I'm a husband, father of two incredible young boys, a business system strategist, tech entrepreneur, and author of the best-selling book, Beyond the Marketing Funnel. I am a wife, mother to the same two incredible little boys, reluctant entrepreneur, and classically trained vocalist and music educator. Claire and I are founding owners of several businesses, including Rockstar, an internationally renowned online marketing and systems management firm based in good old Traverse City, Michigan. We created the Marriage Family Business Podcast to open up the conversation about how these three areas of our lives collide and to try and tackle the question, how the heck do you manage it all successfully? And of course, to help other entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial couples discover real life in the trenches advice for the common problems that being an entrepreneur with a family and spouse often entail. So sit back, preferably with your spouse or your partner, as Claire and I take you on this journey with us and share with you our wildest stories and most valuable learning experiences that you can't find on a Google search. Let's roll. On this episode of the Marriage Family Business Podcast, we talk about going all in, making the grand gestures, convincing yourself to take the next step that you know you need to take in order to be the person you want to be and have the life you want to have. So sit back, relax, dive on in with us. So sit back, my friends. I'd like to tell you a tale of a love-struck little boy. Just totally like heart on fire, bleeding in love, trying to figure out a way to let the girl he was totally into know just how he felt. And that little boy certainly felt that way about it was me. The day that uh, my lovely wife well, my now wife, Claire, was pulling out of my driveway in a baby car, which was a white Chevy Aveo, to drive back to North Carolina from Traverse City, Michigan. Early so, August 2006. And so here's the, the backup situation. Now, I believe we've already covered this story, but like in one of our first two or three podcasts, but let me just give you a quick rundown. Actually, this is the Patron Day episode. So if you have not yet heard the Patron Day episode, go check out the Patron Day episode. You'll get the, the lowdown and dirty. But basically, long story short, Mick is single. He's depressed. He's lonely. Claire is single. She's living with like 16, 14-year-old girls, which sounds horrible. Uh, we randomly meet at a bar. Uh, I'm her server. Um, we hit it off. Um, I awkwardly call her. She thinks that I'm awkward and decides that she'd like to go out with me. We date for like five weeks legitimately. I think there were six dates in those five weeks. And Mick falls madly in love with Claire and decides that he's more than willing to pick up his entire life and move to North Carolina on what many people would probably call a whim. And Jokes uh, on them. What's that? Jokes on them. Yeah, jokes on them there, baby. And and move to North Carolina and just go completely all in on uh, on this, this cute little Southern girl. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. So here we are. And all of these things had happened. And like when I tell you guys, like this was, this, this six-week period was a romantic comedy in and of itself. It was a rom-com. 
and we were starring in it. It was like we a John Hughes. Calling. It was a John Hughes styled rom com. Like we it really was. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It cannot be a John Hughes style rom com if there's not a musical number. Did we have a musical number? Well, I mean, I did because I was working in an arts camp and I sang. You sang to me on our first date when I thought you were going to kill me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. When did I bust out Such Great Heights? That night. Second song you played. Second song I played? Peaceful Easy Feeling by the Eagles was first. Okay. And then you busted out So it's safe to say this actually could have been a John Hughes rom-com. We did not have backup singers, but... Uh, we digress. I did, I did my head. Anyway, <laughs> so the point of the matter is, is that I'm trying to figure out how to show this girl just how completely all in I was on her. Because she's pulling away. She's in tears. Convinced I'm never going to see him again. Quick backstory in my life. My only other serious boyfriend, like real serious boyfriend. I had been in love with him for four years. I had known him my entire life. And we had been dating for several months. And he was going to move, he, he had moved back to our hometown and he was getting ready to move back to the town he had come from. Um, he was, when he and I finally got together, he was nursing a broken engagement and he had some issues. Hindsight being 2020, this was all a terrible idea, but he was moving back to Nashville and, you know, we'll still be together. I'll still see you. I'll still be home. You know, nothing's going to change. And a week and a half later, he calls me and is like, this can't work. I'm going to go back to my old life. So, and this was a guy that I had like been actively in love with for most of my teenage years. I was going to say, I I actually Um, feel like I had been actively in love with you for a solid four weeks at the point in time. Exactly. So like I knew how this story was ending. This story was ending in tears. This guy deciding a week and a half later that like this was a great summer fling and (laughs) this has all been wonderful and now I'm on my way. Uh, to borrow a quote from the band Fish. Anyway, proceed. Yeah, so as I'm standing there in this moment, you need to appreciate where, I, where I'm at. Look, I'm, I, I think it's safe to say that I am an emotional man anyway. I don't have any problems at all talking about my feelings. This sure. has never been a problem with me. I've always attempted to be very self-aware. Has not always worked, but I have- The effort is there. The effort's always been there. And I was just, I mean, so all, all in on Claire. Like I just, I was, it's, it's when you know, you know, right. Mm. And so I'm sitting here watching this woman that I love, like legitimately heart pound love bawling because she doesn't think she's ever seen me again. And you know what? I get it. Like, I totally get it. Like, I don't know how how deep I understood those things that you had just mentioned, Claire, at the time. At the time, you didn't because, yeah, I mean, we, we ended up talking about that a few months later. But but the the truth is, is that I, I totally knew that the odds were stacked against us anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with this grand gesture. And, like, I think I came up with it on the spot. Like, I, I didn't think too much about it. I just made the decision and I rolled on it. And what I did... Um, was I gave her, I literally went into uh, my house. So I'm, we're standing by my house. At the time, I'm living on a lake, uh, Long Lake in Traverse City, Michigan. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm at the lake and um, my prized possession in the world. And it's, it's hard to say that it's my prized possession now, but it's still pretty fucking special to me. It has a spot of honor. 
It's upstairs. Upstairs. <laughs> but it's, yeah, but like it's, it's, it's there. Um, the only reasons why it's not downstairs is I'm afraid Ava or Ash would, would go up and try to, you know, grab it, it and wear it. Ava does like helmets right now. But like, here, so here's the deal, right? So it's a, uh, it's a sign. I am a, a fierce, awesome, crazy Detroit Lions fan. You should start crying for me now. Um, but like literally I'm 42 years old and from, for the past 42 years of my life, I have bled Honolulu blue and silver. They are my favorite team. That is the end of the fucking story. I don't care what, what sport you're at. I don't care what level you're at. Baseball, basketball, football, hockey, college, pros, amateurs, high school, don't really care. Dude, I love the Detroit Lions. God help me. So I had uh, competed in a uh, fantasy pick'em. It was really, it was kind of like way back in the day, like, I don't know, call it 2000 or something like that. Fantasy football really wasn't a thing yet, but we had pools, like kind of eliminator pools, but it was like a, you put points on them. It's like a pick'em thing is what they call it now, pick but it was like league, a weighted yeah. thing. And the uh, grand prize was a signed Barry Sanders Detroit Lions helmet. All right, look. Barry Sanders' rookie year, I want to say, was either 1989 or 1990. Uh, I'm a eighth grader slash ninth grader in, you know, in in high school slash middle school. Living in suburban Detroit. Living in suburban Detroit. Dude, Barry Sanders is my boy. All right. I, I, I like literally worked my ass off to win this fucking league with the sole purpose of getting this, this, this helmet. And all through my entire 20s, I bought a... Like I bought a helmet, like like case for it, and it was locked down. It carry it went with me. Like this is my prized possession, and Claire knew it. Like actually, I don't know. Did you know just how important that damn helmet was to me? I think you told me the story as you were putting it in my car. Oh great! So I literally went in. Claire's bawling, and I go in and I get this helmet and I bring it back to the Aveo. Like, it's so ridiculous as I think about it now. Oh, and Erica was driving back down with me. So I wasn't even there by myself. Like one of my girlfriends is standing there. Wasn't Razor there too? I don't know if he was there or not, but like Erica and I drove back together. Okay. I thought like Laser or uh, Laser, Razor or Leah. Lady and Razor drove up with me. Lady worked the box office. So he had to stay for a few more weeks and Razor had his own car. Erica had flown in. And so she drove back with me. She drove Michigan and West Virginia. I drove Ohio, Virginia, and North Carolina. All right. Carolina. So worst case, it's you and Erica. Anyway. Yes. Erica, who is now the, uh, what does she do now? She's some She's the director wig. of choral activities at New England Conservatory. She is my hero on many, many levels. <laughs> yeah. I love me some Erica. Anyway. So so we I put this 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 helmet and I'm like, Claire, I'm coming. I'm, I'm coming down. And she's like, and she, she didn't say, no, I'm not coming down, but like, I'm like trying to figure out a way to really demonstrate to this girl, to this woman, like I'm in and, and here you go. And here's why it's important. And you need to understand this. And I literally put the damn helmet in the car, in the case, like it with, mm -hmm. with the case mm -hmm. in the car. And I set it in there and that was like the last thing. And then I think I kissed you or something like that. And there were some more got, tears and who got knows, the car and drove away. Yeah. got in the car and drove away, you know? And so the reason why I bring this up is that, and then, by the way, what happened after that? You came down at the end of August to get a new driver's license, and you moved in with me on September 18th. Actually, I came down to get a driver's license and find an apartment. 
Right, right. <laughs> yeah, he we was were... going to move in with me. But again, if you've heard some of our earlier episodes, you know that I was raised in a very traditional Southern Baptist family. And it was a thing that he was going to live with me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, so yeah, you're right. You came down to find an apartment as well. That's true. I think that that was actually the uh, the official line. We were like, dude, we could save a lot of money just by not even fucking with this. But uh, nah, whatever. We we did our thing. And it was right. better that way. It really was. Yes. Maybe. Perhaps. Well, it gave your brother a place to live when he moved down the next year. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about tangenting. Anyway, and so the, the, the real point is, is this. When you see something that you really want in life, when you see something that you really want in business, and I'm not sure how this applies to marriage. I'll let you figure that part out, Claire. But when you see something what you want, man, don't fuck around, man. Go all in and and make the grand gesture. Grand gestures sometimes are huge, but only if they're legit, only Correct. if they're real. And you know, I wonder, I don't I wonder if you really even realized just how how big of a deal that was that I that, at the that time I, I, I didn't. At, at the time I didn't, though I remember joking with Erica on the way down. I'm like, well, if he doesn't move down. I am selling this thing on eBay. Um, like <laughs> I will make money out of this one way or another. Like he he does not realize who he is messing with. If he changes his mind, I am not bringing it back. I'm not sending it back. Like he's out of luck here. And I think that was our joke the whole way home to try to make me feel better. But no, I don't think at the time that I realized how important it was. And and even more than than the grand gesture, because I didn't know it was a grand gesture, Mick is that it was your way of proving to yourself that this was a step you're going to take. To expand on that from our business perspective, you have mentioned in previous episodes that, you know, you've had mentors in the past, you're, you've gone to conferences, you really enjoy talking to people and hearing people speak. And you had a mentor last year that basically told you it's time to grow up and get a big boy office. Yeah. And it's time to have a local staff yep. and it's time to like commit and yes, go all in, basically and go all in. Yes. Stop dicking around, get in, like get in the game and play. Let's yes, go. Correct. Mick took him very, very literally. And instead of just getting, you know, a 900 square foot office, which at the time we had three people working at the company, three 900 square foot office is plenty of space for three people. One of which is actually remote. <laughs> exactly. No, I was talking about the first one that only didn't even move into the, the new office. Oh, 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 yeah. forgot about her. Okay. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Go on. So we had literally three people working in a one room office that Mick had gotten for himself and is now looking to move into his big boy office instead of just getting a 900 square foot space on like a, one of the decent roads on the east side of town. You know, something that a sane person would do. Exactly. That's only going to cost, you know... 1100-ish dollars a month, if that, blah, blah, blah. Mick's like, nah, man. I can see it now. We are going to outgrow the 900 square foot space. I don't want to be in uh, one of those crappy buildings on the east side of town. What if I have people come in? What if I want to do speaking engagements? What if, like... I want to run masterminds actually at the office. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Have clients come in for a, an in-person half-day consultation. I don't want them walking into this building. Now I- I don't even feel bad about that. And I am looking at this going, dude, I know our finances. I know the staff we don't have. I know what we're able to spend on this, but- You're insane. Well, yes, that, and I yeah. actually think I might have said that to you once or twice, probably in a nicer way, but that was definitely the gist. You are crazy. Are you really gonna do this? Goes back to calculated risks. I did not feel like this was a calculated risk. Mick did. Mick had done the calculations. 
Mick knew that this was a risk willing to take. And so now- But why? Hold on. Why? Why did I know that? Because we knew that- I, I, I think you actually pulled out a field of dreams on me. If we build it, they will come. Fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Because I believed in myself. Mm-hmm. I owned it and I still do. Mm-hmm. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly who we are. And I know exactly how badass Rockstar actually is. Yep. And at the time I saw the vision. I could see what it was, what, where we were going and what we could be and what we had. Right. And so motherfucker, I'm yep. going to build it. Yep. That's where I'm at. Yep. Yep. And, and damn it, that's where I want you to be. Not you, Clara, you, the listener to be like own, like if you haven't already gone all in on yourself, good God. Man, woman, folks, what are you doing? I'm not sure who else you're waiting on. No one else is going to go all in for you. Um, so anyway. Yeah, so, there is no man on the white horse coming to save you. You're it. Yes. Or the woman on the white horse. Correct. Whatever. Sorry, go So on. Uh, flash forward now eight, nine months later, and we are in a, we are outgrowing a 1,400 square foot space in one of the nicer buildings right downtown with rent that at the time I was like, fantastic, this is how we bankrupt our company. This is, this is how our house goes into foreclosure. And now that that payment comes out on a monthly draw and I don't even notice it. Yeah, and we're actually actively looking to- To, to expand. To expand, we'll, we'll probably, I would be shocked. There's, there's no way that come, certainly second quarter of, of 2019, I don't think we're gonna be in that space anymore. So- I think the moral of the story or we're here- we're going to be packed tight. Yeah, it's going to be a little crowded. Um, so the moral of the story here really is when you have the courage to make the decisions you know you need to make. And the belief in yourself, the legitimate, authentic belief in yourself to do so. And damn it, if you don't have that, figure it out. But once you get to that point, that's when you go all in. If you can see- the future. If you can, Mick put that Barry Sanders helmet in the car after knowing me since June 30th. It wasn't even six full weeks, but he's like, I see what this is. I see what this could be. I see the potential that's there. I phys- I, I actually see myself physically in North Carolina with this woman. So you know what? I'm not going to let her back out of this. I'm not going to let her have any doubts I'm going to send my most prized possessions down. It didn't matter, I don't think, that I knew that the Barry Sanders helmet was your most prized possession. It mattered to you. It helped solidify your resolve. Absolutely. That, that's totally true. Same with the office. It didn't matter that I'm looking at it going, we cannot afford this. We are going to be like playing ping pong in the hallway because there's nobody here to fill this space. But you saw it. And here we are. And I would make one one piece out there. Uh, one point out there. If you're sitting there going, well, that's great. I'm really glad that you believed that's cool. I'm really glad that that you had that certainty. And I did. I, I absolutely did. But I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling anxious about this. I'm just not sure. Let me be perfectly crystal clear. I have anxiety up <laughs> and down the wall. Like I am, I am so anxious. I am, I, I freak out all the time. Legitimately. I'm always thinking about what the fuck it happened next. All right. I'm currently, I'm always waiting. Well, I'm not currently, I'm usually waiting for the sky to fall. There's usually some voice in the back of my head that's telling me all the bad things that are about to happen. But you know what though? It's just, it's just chatter. It's bullshit. It's self-talk. And I know that too. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, my belief and my certainty trumps the fuck out of my chatter and my anxiety. And that is a mindset shift. It's a decision. 
It's mm-hmm. like legitimately, guys, it's a decision. Yes. You just decide that this is how it's going to be, and then you go make that happen. And it, it's actually that simple. Uh, am, I, am I wrong on this, Claire? I think you're right. And so, friends, here's your homework. Uh, on our Facebook page, um, on our website, something, I would like you please to enter in one example of an all-in move that you have done. This, this can be kissing a trophy, all about, all about it. Or one move that you know you need to make for yourself, for your family, for your spouse, to, to convince yourself that it's time to go all in. So give us a shout. Can't wait to hear from you. And go all in. Thanks for spending time with us today here on the Marriage Family Business Podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, then there are just two things we would love for you to do. Number one, leave a rating and a review for us on iTunes. It really helps us know what kind of content we need to produce for you. And secondly, head on over to marriagefamilybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe for free to get all the resources shared in every episode emailed directly to you. That way you don't have to go searching for anything discussed on any episode. It'll just be in your inbox. We'll catch you on the next episode of the MFB podcast.